on November 2, 2006, National Polygamy Advocate Mark Henkel was interviewed by John Pomfret for The Washington Post. Hello. Hello, may I speak with John Pomfret, please? Speaking. Yes, John, this is Mark Henkel with truthbearer.org. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, had... yeah, how you doing? <laughs> If you call me back in, in three minutes, I'm in an, I'm in an elevator. <laughs> I certainly can. I will call you in three minutes. Yep, bye. Right. Yep, bye. Hi, it's John. Hello, John. This is Mark Hinkle with TruthBarrett.org. How are you this evening? I'm doing pretty well. Super. Well, I, we got your uh, request, and uh, have you received the email back that uh, our team sent to you earlier? Uh, I haven't been able. I haven't gotten on the internet all day. I've been out talking with people. I'm, I'm in Salt Lake City now. Right. Um, I, I I don't. Do you have any time tomorrow? I certainly. Uh, I can speak with you tomorrow if you'd like. Sure. Uh, uh, what, are you in Salt Lake City? No. Are you not? No, that's true. Uh, actually, from Maine. Oh, you're in Maine? Yes. Oh, well, then, then oh, got time. I certainly do. Oh, great. Um, but I did, before we did begin, though, I did want to let you know, uh, as we do with all media, uh, this is being recorded, and I wanted you to know that and uh, understand that up front. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I imagine you're doing the same. <laughs> no, actually, I'm not. Okay. So, you know, did, would, you need, would you need to pr use another telephone? No. no, no I just got a cell, and, and I'm not going to record it. I'll just type it today, and then uh, I, I trust my fingers, and I'm not going to, you know... Uh, I'm not going to bangle your words. So hold on a second, okay? I, just want to, I want to put you on speakerphone so I can type and, and talk with you. Absolutely. Okay. Certainly. So, um, thanks for calling me back. Uh, can you hear me? I certainly can. Great. So, I'm, I'm interested in uh, the movement, if you will. Uh, it seems that in the last five or so years, uh, it's really gained a lot of momentum uh, and and doing a lot of very active outreach to uh, people like myself and to the average guy on the street um, in terms of through the internet, etc. Is that is that the correct impression? Yes. D you, you have a very good correct opinion, uh, impression. What's the motivation behind that? Freedom. Ultimately. Uh, it's... Uh, the movement is actually uh, a modern phenomenon, probably since, well, actually since the mid-90s. Um, obviously, for the last 150 years, uh, the Mormon paradigm of Mormon polygamy has not successfully persuaded uh, the masses for uh, why polygamy is a, is a natural individual right of, of ma the marriage. And that's because of the presupposition and the reasons for it. You know, too often, unfortunately, however, people forget their English language lessons that an unmodified noun, a neutral unmodified noun, is not modified by a missing adjective. And what that means is the neutral noun polygamy when it is not modified with Mormon, does not always mean Mormon polygamy. But the reasons and the Mormon application of polygamy has caused 
uh, outrage because of some of the oblig obligations that it requires uh, of women, and that's why people found it so anti-choice and so anathema that that is what has failed to persuade, but because it continues to be presented as if all polygamy is Mormon polygamy, that has failed to persuade the masses for 150 years. In Because of the internet, uh, it has become possible that even uh, secular and e now even evangelical conservative Christians studying the Bible from various denominations, whether it's uh, Baptist, Pentecostal, uh, have also come to realize that the Bible never created the anti-polygamy doctrine, and that it's actually historically it's an invention of the uh, Catholic institution. And because, as a growing movement of evangelical conservative Christians are able to answer both the conservative argument and the Christian morality questions that's always been prevalent, which was the original reasons for uh, attempting law against polygamy in the first place, was justified based on uh, uh, on morality issues. And because evangelical conservative Christians in the recent 90s and now have been able to answer those arguments, the movement has had rapid acceleration uh, because now those answers are addressed. So. Um, Mark, are you Mormon, a fundamentalist Mormon, or are you um, uh, an, another branch of polygamy? Well, that's, that's two questions. i got to chuckle at you say another branch of polygamy. That, that's like saying another branch of monogamy. <laughs> uh, but and I understand this is an education process, so I'm just I'm chuckling at that. And I, you, as you come to understand, you'll understand why that was humorous. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry? There's in California which have no relation to the Mormon church. Say that again, please. Polygamous communities in California that have no relation to the Mormon Church. Uh, certainly, but and actually, not all polygamists are in communities. Uh, certainly, it's a um, that's what gets all the attention. But that doesn't uh, you know polygamy is a neutral term that uh, you know people apply it differently uh, because uh, you know secular polygamists you know have their own just really consenting adults uh, the choices that consenting adults make. You know, they—they're obviously—they are unable to answer the morality argumentation against polygamy. But because conservative Christians that are now with the movement called Christian polygamy, that's actually no longer an oxymoron, uh, but is actually now a recognized movement, has answered that question, and so everybody's able to now sort of hide behind the growing movement of Christian polygamy, if you will. That. Uh, that the answers, the, the two fundamental issues that uh, conservatives and Christians have thought polygamy was wrong are now actually being answered, and because we've got the credibility to answer it, then that others are able to uh, ride that coattail. So absolutely, I am, to answer your first question, no, I am absolutely not Mormon, have nothing to do with Mormonism. Uh, this is uh, an organ, a cross-denominational organization across the country of... Uh, basically evangelical conservative Christians, that the paradigm... Let me step back. Are you familiar with the general paradigm of conservative evangelical Christianity that it's supposed to be based on the Scripture? That's what doctrine is based on? Yes. You are? Okay. Well, churches from Baptists to Pentecostals and the various denominations of the conservative evangelical paradigm, the, this, the preaching is that you are supposed to study the Bible yourself, not take any man's word for it, because that was the mistake of Catholicism, and that's what the Reformation was all about. Are you familiar with the history of the Reformation? 
Yes. You are. Okay. I, I say that not as an insult to your intelligence, but some people aren't familiar, and it's important to understand within the context of what I'm saying here. Right. The Reformation was the beginning of Protestantism, which protest, they were protesting the invented man-made doctrines of the Catholic institution, and that's where Protestantism was born, and people came to the New World to escape governments controlled by the Catholic institution controlling the governments and enforcing their doctrines. And that was the beginning, that's what America was all about, was escaping the governments controlled by that. That was the whole point of it, was fleeing that. Protestantism, I'm sorry? Go ahead. Yeah. I'm listening. I'm okay. Listening. So the paradigms that we are taught as evangelical conservative church in the in the various evangelical conservative churches is that we're supposed to believe the scriptures and study it for ourselves, not to be, uh, you know, subservient to whatever somebody else tells us to believe. We're supposed to read it ourselves, and that's the that's the the paradigm that's routinely preached. Well, what happens is non newbies, but serious long term evangelical conservative Christians take that to heart. And they do study the Bible, and study it deeply. Now understand, the Bible was not written in English. It was written, the Old Testament was written in, old, in uh, the Hebrew, and the New Testament written in Greek. And so you need to get back to what that language was when the text was written. And most of us are not you know, Hebrew or Greek scholars, but you have, there are resources available, such as what's called Strong's Exhaustive Resort. Uh, concordance of the Bible, and it takes every word of the Bible and takes you back to the original Hebrew so you can find out what the original word was and then know what that word meant. By studying that, the non-newbie Christians come to realize there's just too many important men in the Bible that just, that had more than one wife, and God never said anything against it in the Bible. Now we're talking about what the Bible, letting the Bible speak for the Bible itself, not what anybody else says, but what the Bible itself says. You come to realize that the, uh, the very man who wrote the Adam and Eve story, very often people try to say Adam and Eve is the reason, you know, he didn't say Adam and Eve and Barbara and Sue, just said Adam and Eve, but the person who wrote that story was Moses, and Moses had two wives himself, according to the Bible, and the whole, the one, there should only be one flesh, Moses wrote that verse too, in Genesis 2.24. So, the author knows what he wrote. What happens is that evangelical conservative Christians really studying the Bible come to realize there is not a single example of the Bible creating an enforced anti-polygamy doctrine. And then you study the history, and you come to realize that it, that was one of those invented uh, doctrines of the Catholic institution, which basically was an acquiescence to the pagan theologies of the time, the Roman, uh, all the different Roman gods and all that. And it was that theology, and they acquiesced to the pagan population in creating that doctrine, and then enforced it, and that became a paradigm. But it is not a biblical doctrine. So, within the premise of Reformation, that is sola scriptura, that is, let the Bible be, speak what the Bible says, there is no example of anti-polygamy doctrine. With that understood, that's where these conservative evangelical Christians from around the country, from various denominations, this is not a denomination, it's not a new religion, it's not a new branch, are coming to realize that the internet made it possible for us to all find each other and realize that we're not alone when we study this. Mm -hmm. Because otherwise it would have been isolated. And so, that, so the internet is what did make that possible. And because we've now answered all that, and because we are conservatives, we come from the limited government perspective. That's what true conservatism is. In fact, every argument used to justify a big government 
marriage control amendment is the exact same society's rights, collective majoritarian, liberal Democrat argument used to justify gun control. And so what, what everybody who's arguing for marriage amendment doesn't realize is that they're handing the arguments that they usually oppose to gun controllers. They're using the exact same society's rights, collectivist majoritarianism that they usually oppose against gun control. They're using it to justify marriage control. The true limited government position of con- true conservatism is that government has no business involved being involved in anything that is not specifically defined in the Constitution. That's Tenth Amendment constitutional conservatism, and that's what everything's being lost. And so because we provide the true conservative answer, and we provide the true biblical answer, and what we're seeing that today's society is littered with abandoned single moms and marriage-phobic males, that there's something wrong with our society, and this enforced marital socialism, one for each so that each might have one, has created this horrible culture of abandoned single moms and, and marriage-phobic males. Yeah. Now, um, has your movement taken, sort of, a, in terms of its procedures or its tactics, taken a page from, for example, the gay and lesbian movement? That is an assertion that what we call the new liberals, or basically it's the, the, the supposed to be conservatives, uh, but using liberal tactics, um, try to suggest that polygamy is a uh, a liberal leftist uh, argument coming from uh, copying the uh, the homosexual agenda. As I've, I had said to you before, obviously, we're conservative evangelical Christians. We come from the same paradigms, and we're bringing this to our fellow uh, men and women in the churches, our, in our own churches. The so we still hold the paradigm of the biological impossibility of same-sex marriage. In fact, we actually say anti-polygamy is the real slippery slope that led to the invention of the idea of legalized same-sex marriage. Because if government was never involved, there would never be a possibility for legalizing the idea of the invention of the biological impossibility of same-sex marriage. So as I'm the actual person who originated uh, the soundbite, polygamy rights is the next civil rights battle. We're not saying that as a copying of the same tactics of homosexual behavior choosing individuals. We're saying we have the solution to end the marriage debate altogether. And that is, it's a win-win for both sides, too. Because it appeals to true conservatism, which is limited government, that, that government does not belong, especially with a constitution. Uh, marriage, the word marriage, is nowhere to be found in the constitution. And conservatives always usually cry about the Tenth Amendment saying, if it's not in the constitution, government's not supposed to be involved. Well, marriage is not in the constitution, nor should it be. And it is an individual right, not a state right. It is an individual right. Government has no business being involved. And so if government is not involved, you conservatives can save face with true limited government position, but you know what? Homosexual behavior choosing individuals can also save face, and they also get a win out of this as well, because now they have their so-called equality with those who choose one man, one woman. The bottom line is, is that homosexuals do have the right to imagine 
any kind of foolishness they want. If they want to imagine that there are seven moons, they're welcome to. If they want to imagine that the biological impossibility of same-sex marriage is something they're doing, they have the right to imagine any kind of foolishness, because marriage is an individual right. Marriage existed before the invention of government. Marriage will exist if government ever fell apart. Marriage will always exist. It is not something government has authority. It is an individual right of consenting adults. So we have the solution. We're not copying the homosexuals. We're saying the solution to end the marriage debate altogether. In a win-win. Great. Mark, how do I spell your last name? Henkel. H-E-N-K-E-L. And what's your, what, what do you, what's your profession? What do you do? Uh, well, I'm the, I'm the founder of this. I am also, uh, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. Is really the best way to put that. What kind of things do you buy and sell then? What do you, what kind of business do you have? Uh, internet. Uh, uh, internet services and things of that nature. Okay. Mm-hmm. Where are you speaking to me from? From Old Orchard Beach, Maine. Old Orchard Beach? Correct. Old Orchard Beach, yep. How's the weather up there? Well, it's uh, starting to get a little cooler, but you know, it's still uh, it's still in its thirties, and sometimes we have forties and even fifties. Great. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's Maine, but uh, you know, it, it's not the uh, the nightmare stereotype that people think. You know, we're snowed in. But <laughs> Listen, Mark. Thank you very much for calling me back, and we'll be in touch by the email. Thanks a lot. That sounds great. We'll talk to you later. Thanks, Tom. Yeah, bye. Mark Henkel is National Polygamy Advocate. Presented polygamy to the public since 1994. NationalPolygamyAdvocate.com